0: Hello, listeners. Hi, this is Janice Albert. Welcome to On Purpose, where we interview people who have found their purpose and want to share it. So hopefully motivate you to do whatever you want to do in your life with purpose and maybe even do it on purpose. Tonight, we have Dr. Kate Steiner, I think his last name, is, if I'm saying it correctly. And she's had some experience with burnout and now helps other people. So hi, Kate. Hello, Janice. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Thank you so much for doing this. So, you know, obviously, this is kind of the first time that we're meeting. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself kind of growing up where you're from, what your family was like. Sure. So I grew up in Wyoming, so
1: wow. kind of a rural existence, mm-hmm. but yeah, not a lot of people live in the state and they, you know, we very much enjoy that. So mm-hmm. wide open spaces, lots of great mountain air. I love it there. No, I've, I've been to <laughs> Jackson Hall. It's
0: beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yes. Beautiful. So that was, that was a big piece of it. Both of my parents work in higher education or did work in higher education mm-hmm. And so and also within kind of the medical side of the field. So my dad oh. ran a pharmacy residency program and my mom taught nurses. Oh wow. So we were, yeah. So interesting dinner conversation really kind yeah. of occurred within with mm-hmm. our within our family. But okay. yeah, going to college was never really a question. It was almost more of a where. So higher education was incredibly important and that kind of took me into, I would say, the
0: the first career I had with my life, was it, which um, one, I mean, so were you also at all like, okay, well, my parents are kind of in the health field, so I should do that as well. Or what were you thinking? I definitely went down that road. I, there were, there was a time in high school
1: where I thought, Oh, I'll, I'll become a pharmacist. And oh. and then I realized that I don't really like science. <laughs> well, that would be a problem. then and, yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, or math and chemistry. And I was like, Oh, there's a lot of that involved in pharmacy. So very quickly then thought, well, I'll, I'll go into business. And that I think was the the thought or the mindset of that's where I'll make a lot of money. And so okay. as an 18-year-old, that was that was where I thought I wanted to be. And I went through about four different majors in, in college, finally in the Wyoming on, in the y- area at, un, at the University of Wyoming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And landed on professional family services, which is very similar to social work. Oh, and okay. it really kind of parlayed into um, more so preventative care mm-hmm. and prevention work, okay. but realized thought that I would go into counseling, so family family and couples counseling, those kinds of things, and then realized that I didn't want to work with that many people in a room at a time, especially with all the family
0: (laughs) dynamics that that went on. I've been there. I mean, I've done that many times, (laughs) so I, I laugh just as a personal, you know, as a funny thing. So when I first started, you know, I was a therapist. I did mostly individual at first, and then I worked a lot with teenagers, so then I would always do family sessions, and when I would do a family session afterwards, I swear I would have to take a shower because you really yeah. have to, you're, I'm so like, I have to worry about this one's personality. I want to make sure everyone feels heard. I literally would be, I would try to mm-hmm. do a family session at the end of the day. Cause I knew I'd have to come home and take a shower. So yes, it can be uh, rewarding. Yes. I felt it was, yes. but stressful, very stressful. Yes. Well at the time, and right after I had graduated with my bachelor's
1: degree and I was kind of figuring out next steps. I started uh-huh. working for an agency that worked with um, victims and survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault oh. and stalking. And I had been a long time. Time volunteer through throughout college with them helping with their hotline and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. And then started managing their shelter as, mm-hmm. as a full-time position. And that was probably my first mm-hmm. real taste of, of burnout, yeah. not knowing, and I didn't name it burnout at the time, but looking back, it definitely was. And I didn't have the, healthiest coping skills mm-hmm. in, in that aspect and no one really
0: taught me how to utilize boundaries mm-hmm. and in those a things. quick quick sidebar since you mentioned about, did you happen to see the Netflix show made? I it's haven't about, yet. It's no. about to, just for anyone yeah. who if anyone should be in that kind of situation, mm-hmm. um I think they do a fairly decent job talking about domestic violence, especially the emotional abuse part. But um, anyway, so go ahead. So you, you got burned out fairly quickly. So got burned
1: out very quickly in that Uh position and realized that I want to do something more. I still wanted to help people. I still liked the aspect of, of counseling and supporting people Mm -hmm. in, in that realm, but also had really been drawn to kind of the college student population. I had started advising my, my own sorority Mm -hmm. and really Enjoyed doing the educational presentations that I would do for the agency at the college campus and those kind of things, and then really realized that this there was this whole world called student affairs that I wasn't oh. really aware of when I was a when I was a college student. Even though students. I utilized their services <laughs> very, quite often, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize that that could be a career track. And so, I returned to school to when to Idaho state university for my mm-hmm. master's in counseling with a focus of student affairs and college counseling. And then okay. really, once I graduated from that, I, I went into my, um, you know, career within student affairs, working mm-hmm. predominantly with fraternities and sororities on college campuses. And I had done that for 17 years and wow. left. you
0: worked for a college or
1: for, for several, yeah, several universities, oh, Okay. yeah, in in that time span. So, mm-hmm. um, and left that career in May so I could pursue my passion of supporting others through their burnout recovery. Mm-hmm.
0: So just recently, just recently. Oh yeah. wow, okay. So you were in this other position for seventeen years, and mm-hmm. during that period of time, so it sounds like internally though you've always had this desire to help and yes. wanting to, you know provide some kind of support or whatever for others. Mm-hmm. So love mm-hmm. that. Wonderful. So you always kind of knew that inside. So yeah. during the 17 years, like uh, w- what brought, like what, what was May that like, where you finally went, oh, okay, um, I still want to help people, but I got to change this up a bit because that's a big decision. Yeah. I think that decision was
1: definitely a more of a long time coming. So, okay. um, at, I started pursuing my, my PhD in counselor education and supervision about midway through um, my career point, partly because a, a doctorate was needed to take the the next career ladder steps within student affairs if I okay. wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And I chose counselor education because I also wanted to keep the door open for, for other things. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to move back to the nonprofit space, if I wanted to move more into a faculty type Smart. position. Right. I understand that. That's Good thing. And yes. And while I was in that program, really looking at, I had started researching wellness and burnout and those kinds of things. So knew that that was an area that I had an interest in not realizing that i was going through my own period of burnout ah, okay within okay. the program so uh-huh. had a time and this was about 8 years ago really oh. um finishing up the coursework for for my phd program i was working a lot of hours well, um, at my I'm job listening so, to this
0: full time and then you're going to yeah. school and oh, my, and getting yes. a phd and papers and research things and oh, I mean, i have a headache just thinking about it but go ahead yes
1: all, all the things coupled with the fact that I was in a really unhealthy relationship at the time. So mm-hmm. tough time at work, tough time with schoolwork and those kinds of things, really hard time at home with the relationship. And I, looking back, just, I became the worst version of myself. Aww. I was, I had lost all my playfulness. I had lost the joy that I had and brought into relationships mm-hmm. and I, people didn't want to be around me anymore. I didn't want to be around <laughs> me anymore. Oh, that's wonderful feeling. Yep. It was. And really recognizing that through a conversation that I had with my mom, where I could just tell that her heart was breaking because she mm-hmm. wanted so badly to fix this for me, but also mm-hmm. knew that she couldn't because it was mm-hmm. a, it was a choice and decision that I had to make. I had mm-hmm. to seek, I had to admit what was going on and I had to mm-hmm. seek out the help to get that. hmm Fortunately I did. Finally I was going to say and
0: did. Hey. Yes. Yay. <laughs> this I, is know, what's going always- on. Yes. No, that's always the hardest thing to really look in the mirror and say, okay, something is a muck inside and I've got to yeah. figure this out. And part of us never want, you know, the thing about change, of course, life, as you know, is always fluctuating and filled with changes, but I don't know. I still, at, at this stage of my life, still, I, I like things the same. It's now it never is, but I mean, I still prefer, I don't want like any big change. I don't want to move. Yeah. I, I mean, no, but, um, When it's something really internal though, and your voice is calling to not listen, causes even more pain, even though the change is hard too. So you went for help. Yeah. So went for help.
1: Um, And for me, that was at that time was with a professional counselor who really Mm -hmm. helped me figure out what, what, what changes and what I had control in, in my life and in those kinds of things and uh, left the relationship, realized that I probably wanted to shift what campus I was working at. So I started looking oh. for, for new jobs and to take a step up in, in the career path. And, um, through that kind of really changed knew that I wanted to look into wellness and, and and career space within career longevity and those kinds of things for, for my dissertation, but really shifted the focus into how, how do professionals overcome burnout when they, when they, when they come to that. And I did end up finding, I did take a job and move to, um, moved I was in Wyoming at the time of this, this burnout ended up moving to Savannah, Georgia to, oh, wow. to a job at country, a new university yeah. all the way across the country. Like and when culture you, when you, when you change, culture. you change big. I was going to say culture <laughs> shock. Yeah. I mean, I love Savannah yeah. too.
0: I've been there too, but quite different yeah. than Wyoming.
1: Very different. Yeah. Very different in terms of the people and those yep. kinds of things. And, and you know, ended up being in a position that I loved, but was also incredibly time consuming, again, mm-hmm. got into the, the the position of I was an assistant dean of students. And so mm. that there were ended up being lots of evenings, lots of weekends, and I was mm-hmm. working all the time and had really put my dissertation on, on the back burner a little bit. And it was, I had a meeting with my, and, and was getting close to that burnout place again. Mm-hmm. Um, was, focused. Your dis-
0: was your dissertation on burnout and it was. Oh, it was, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, um, but I had a meeting with my committee and where they basically said, you, you don't have time to do both. Like you, you don't have enough mm-hmm. days in or hours in the day yes. to do both your job and write your dissertation Mm -hmm. to the level that we expect it to be. And so um, it was, it was a big eye opener for me. And at that point in time, I, I made the choice to leave my job. and return back to Wyoming Mm. and, um, stay with my mom and dad. Fortunately, they were really open to me coming back and bringing all my stuff and bringing my dog and Uh hanging out with them for a year. So I could Mm. focus on the dissertation process full time. And that is when I really was able to develop the model that I use with clients today through, um, Interviewing, you know, several individuals who had experienced burnout and talking to them about how they were able to overcome that and the process that they use in their life and created a model that is focused in three phases of Mm -hmm. your, you observe it, you prepare for it and you recover from it. And it's all anchored in self-reflection Love it. and that I remember very clearly when I defended my dissertation, my committee said you like, this is not something that can, this is not a dissertation that can go sit on a shelf somewhere. You have to do something with us. And so they made me promise that Ooh, I would I do goosebumps something with I it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that was in 2017 and I'll admit, I let it sit on the shelf for <laughs> a little bit.
0: Sometimes that happens, but if it's yeah. calling
1: loudly enough, yes. then
0: you won't be it able did. to do it forever. It,
1: con- it continued to call. And, mm-hmm. um, I had taken, a, a job after graduating, um, that brought me to Virginia, which is where I am now Okay. and the university that I, I left in May. And as, as the pandemic came along and we started working from home and I mm-hmm. didn't have a commute and I just had a few more hours in the day, mm-hmm. the dissertation started like poking at me and mm-hmm. like, Hey, remember this model you developed? Remember how you, you were going to write a book and, and you, how they said, you couldn't let this sit on the shelf is that you need to use this to help people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And thought, I, you know, I think that this is a process that I could really adapt for individual one-on-one coaching. And mm-hmm. so I gave that a try in 2020. And then it just, you know, the, The call for that as we moved into 2021 just got louder and louder, and I just Mm -hmm. felt my, my passion for work had completely realigned oh. to wanting to be in the space of burnout recovery and helping mm-hmm. people through that. Mm-hmm. And it was so loud that by, by the time March, 2021 hit, I, I knew that it was, it was time to make that transition. Mm-hmm. So I had given my notice. Um, wow. I stayed at the campus through the end of the semester, cause that was important that I didn't Mm -hmm. leave them hanging in any way. Sure. In that regard. And then, yes. yep. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, started the the business Mm -hmm. full, really leaning into it full time in May and could not probably work harder than I
0: ever have, but love every minute of it. And that's when, you know, you're kind of on your path that I've said this many, many times over this last, you know, during the last 10 months of the podcast that just because you're doing your passion doesn't mean it's necessarily easy peasy because you found your purpose. And often it's, it's still hard work and that's okay because it doesn't feel as hard. I'm guessing as it does not. Were, no, right. <laughs> right. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, so for anyone who might be listening, you know, there are some people that go, well, I'm not really loving what I'm doing, but I don't know if it's really burnout. So can you maybe share a little bit about what people should be looking for if they're really like at that place, like, okay, I need to make a change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there are a couple of things that I would love to share in that regard. So the first is that we all experience what I call burn events. And so these are actually daily occurrences, things that happen in our life that bring us, you know, have us feeling overwhelmed, emotionally drained or fatigued. And some people might think of these like as stressor points. Mm-hmm. They can be meetings that you have. It can be a really long day at work. It can be an interaction with a, a human you find to be difficult. So mm-hmm. that difficult So this interaction. Can, burnout can
0: even be in relationships, like this relationship. Absolutely. I, Within like, the relationship. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't. whether it be a, a spouse or a friend or a partner or whatever, it's not just a mm-hmm. work related syndrome. It can be in in anything in your life. Okay, go ahead. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So anything in your life, um, you know, some people experience this with like volunteer positions Uh and those kinds of things. So, so these burn events, by themselves are are not they don't they don't take too much of a toll but what happens is we we experience a burn event and then often we we push through that and then another mm-hmm. burn event happens and we push through that and mm-hmm. another burn event happens and we push through that and what then happens is that we haven't taken time to recover in between them mm-hmm. so they really compound upon each other they create the snowball effect and that leads us to full on burnout and so mm-hmm. when When folks start experiencing full on burnout, what they're experiencing is there are three things that I always tell folks to really look out for when, you know, that may indicate that they are in a full burnout Mm -hmm. period. So the first is that you have lost the joy, passion, or connection Mm -hmm. with that work or activity that, A or person right or yeah, person or right. person that you used to have that used to be there and it's just not there any longer. Uh-huh. The second is that you feel that that the the work, the activity or that relationship is unmanageable. Uh-huh. So you you wake up in the morning and you're you're like, I don't even know where to start because uh-huh. this just feels like too much. It's too, it's it's completely unmanageable. I don't even know what the starting point is right now. Okay. The third is that it feels as though it's a burden. Mm-hmm. So you also have that sense of this is this is too hard. This is a burden on me. Mm-hmm. It weighs you down. So those three, three things are really the key indicators that mm-hmm. you are experiencing burnout, especially when you start to it's day after day or more mm-hmm. days of the week. You're waiting. Yep. You're waking up with these feelings. You're sounds in burnout and need very, to probably um, seek support in getting yourself
0: into a recovered space. Right. Sounds very, very mm-hmm. unpleasant. Just want to go back yeah. to when you were saying mm-hmm. burn events. Like, mm-hmm. can you give us an example of a, like, because some people might say, well, no, there are some meetings I don't like. And sometimes my sure. friend or my partner is annoying, but I don't know if that's, a, is that a burn event? Do you have like a, any examples you could share?
1: Yeah. So a burn event. So an example for me would be a, a workday that, you know, all of a sudden turns into a 12 hour day when I was expecting it to be an eight hour day. Okay. Um, is something to that effect, um, going to a conference for some people is a burn event because Mm -hmm. they're, they're having to get out of their comfort zone a lot, do a lot Mm of, you know, networking and maybe if they're introverted and they get their energy more from being in their own space versus Mm -hmm. being around a lot of people that can be something that, that creates a burn event Mm -hmm. for them.
0: So there is, so it, it's, it's helpful if the person can have some self-awareness, like mm-hmm. to me, like when you're saying at this stage, if I had to go to a conference for three days and get up at seven o'clock and be on from eight thirty till five. I I, just thinking about it. I'm like, I get anxiety or whatever. So like back in the day I did it and it was okay. You know, I Mm love, I love to go to a conference. So I think that's the other thing, just to be aware of that. What was okay at one point sometimes starts not to be okay. And that if you can be aware of that, and that's true in a relationship as well as you were mm-hmm. saying about your first, rel- you know, this one you ultimately yeah. get out of. Um, So it's kind of being aware. Do, is there any physiological, mm-hmm. like, do you feel like people get a pit in their stomach or they get hurt? Like any physical things people could be looking at? Yeah, to say, okay, absolutely. I think, I think I'm what I think I'm there. I think I'm what, Dr. Kate said I think I'm having it. Yeah. I think if
1: you are experiencing any I think the pit in your stomach is probably mm-hmm. a really good descriptor of it okay. for a lot of people. Some people may um feel like a catch in their throat. Okay. In in that aspect they may start to get they may get a headache thinking mm-hmm. about okay. or when they're experiencing that that burn event, they'll start to feel really tired. Mm-hmm. Um and, and drained in that regard. Mm-hmm. And they you know, they may just feel an overall sense of anxiety. So it Mm -hmm. may start to, you know, they may kind of get those clammy palms Mm -hmm. with, as part of it, they may start to feel their heart rate um, race a little more. They may start getting racing thoughts Mm -hmm. when they either think about these burn events coming up or when they are in the middle of one. Mm
0: -hmm. All right. So if, if let's say they have all three of the things that you described and Mm -hmm. let's say it's particularly, it can be like you said, relationship or work situation And they're thinking either one, I can't really leave this relationship because I've got insurance and I've got history Mm -hmm. and I've got kids or I can't leave the job. Same reasons. I've got longevity. How does one, but they know inside they're there. They know like, this is just not manageable anymore. Like you're saying, this is, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. And, And they have an inkling, like, not only do I have to get out of this, but they have that little feeling like I've always wanted to do whatever. And they had felt mm-hmm. like, but that's impossible because of what, how do you, what do you do? Or what would you say to them to say, hold on a second here? You can yeah make some movement here. What's
1: yeah. Well, I think the first thing, and, and generally when I'm working with clients and, mm-hmm. and folks on this is the, the first thing that I, I do to work with them is get them back to a, a different state where they can actually make some decisions and those kinds of things. Cause okay. what has happened is when they're in that burnout, you know, full burnout places that they are, they're in a stress cycle. And so their mm-hmm. body has basically taken over and is kind of just in fight or flight all the time. So we mm-hmm. need to help regulate them first mm-hmm. so that they're in a more calm state. And then that way, you know, the, you know, the frontal pre-cork Cortex of the brain, their decision-making aspect can take back over in that space. So we want to first get folks into a space of recovery. And so that's done
0: in a number of different uh, ways. Right. Like how do how how do you do Mm -hmm. that? Yeah. A couple tips. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So working with folks. So I and you know teach them a lot of grounding exercises one so that they can stop that stress cycle when it's happening in the moment. Mm -hmm. So grounding exercises and breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. So my favorite grounding exercise to teach people is the five, four, three, two, one Mm -hmm. method. And so using the space around them and then using their five senses, Mm -hmm. taking a deep breath, and then looking around them and naming five things they can see, four things they can touch, Mm -hmm. three things they can hear, two things they can smell, and one thing they can taste. And really describing that in their mind, almost as if they're describing it to someone who doesn't have those senses or has Mm -hmm. never experienced that thing before and then taking another deep breath. And what that does is bring you down into your body, grounds you down into the earth and just calms you Mm -hmm. in that moment. So one, having them utilize a technique like that, when they start to feel that, that anxiety and stress mm-hmm, come up, mm-hmm. um, for burn events, but also scheduling those throughout the day. They're quick exercises. Yeah. They take less than a minute really to do, you to know, it's
0: always the key. Anytime I'm yeah. making a change, I, I'll tell when I, I have to do some physical therapy. I go, hold on, don't give me 20 exercise. Give me your top right. three, because then I'll do them. So yes. if, it's a, if it's a minute or two, I think anybody can implement that th- and incorporate that throughout their day.
1: Yeah. So really encouraging them to do that throughout the day. And the other thing that I have all of my clients start with is a lot of people will move right straight into like, Oh, start, you know, start practicing your gratitude and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I like to have folks start with naming their resentments. Mm-hmm. And so having, whether it's at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, I like to do this at the beginning of the day, I write down all of the thoughts that i I have just kind of ruminating in my head, mm-hmm. any worries or concerns that I Which have, we all have, by the way, we, we all, all have, have anyone yes. says, Oh
0: no, I'm never have that. I'm so <laughs> wonderful that I always go. Oh, okay, come on. Yes.
1: Yeah. Whatever it was, that was maybe keeping you up at, you know, the yeah. previous night or mm-hmm. a worry you had when you went to bed or, or anything. And it could be. It could be like, I'm worried I didn't make the bed right today. Or, Uh you know, it doesn't have to be a major thing, but I have, um, I write those down on a scratch piece of paper and then I rip that piece of paper up. And Uh with each rip, I say the phrase, this is done. Mm-hmm. This is done. This mm-hmm. is done. And then for extra measure, I like to submerge those pieces of paper in, in water. Okay. So, oh, yeah. so some people up. might like, it, like burning or whatnot. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Burning seems it could get a little dangerous. So I don't think you, you might generally yeah, burn your house on that. fire. Right. Yes. Yeah, that could like, be a problem. Let's, let's yeah. be, the safer option is like, just get those pieces of paper and just submerge them in water. Mm-hmm. And cause Cause then as you're doing that a little bit gets on your hands and I think that that's a cleansing piece too. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of things that I recommend that are small steps Mm -hmm. that folks can take that can help them get back into that more recovered space so they can start making other decisions. Well,
0: part of what I love about that is that if, if you're, if we're all being honest with ourselves and I'm very much on the, you know, spiritual, grateful love path, that doesn't mean that we still don't have other things going on in our day. So if you pretend or overlook those, because if you're really on the path, then of course you don't have the first of all, that's not true. That we're human Mm -hmm. beings. We have a variety of feelings. We're supposed to, the feelings to me are the pathway to our soul and to who we are. And if we're not listening to those, then we're not doing our full job as a, Mm -hmm. as a human being. So I love, the other thing I love about that is that when you're doing what you're describing, like to me, there's a level of self-compassion because you're, Mm -hmm. you're owning what you feel. You're saying, I'm not going to feel this way all day long, or I'm going to do my best not to. So I'm going to rip it up. I'm going to put it in the water. Maybe then I'll wash my hands or not, whatever. There's some cleansing and then I can move on and -hmm. maybe they'll creep up again, but maybe not with so much severity. I would guess. Yes. Yeah. And often,
1: yeah. Yeah. And what I found is that clients who, who have done this is that they naturally go into, you know, they come back and say, yeah, that was great. And then I was naturally able to think about the things I'm grateful for, or the things that I had accomplished or my wins for the day was so much easier at the end of the day to be like, these were my accomplishments. These were my wins because i had already let that other stuff go in the Mm -hmm. morning. And and what they, you know, what clients have come back and found and they're like, now I just naturally do that. I wake up in the morning. I'm like resentment, resentment, resentment. Okay. Go by, go by, go by. Mm-hmm. And, or when it pops up throughout the day, they're like, nope, I'm, this is done. Right. So they can just say to themselves, this is done. And they have basically retaught, you know, they've, they've rewired their brain mm-hmm. in that different pathway.
0: Mhm. Exactly. And, and as I said, I keep saying as part of that is that when we do own all of our feelings, even the ones that we wish we weren't having, mm-hmm. then we're being compassionate to ourselves. To me, when we can be compassionate to ourselves then we can be compassionate to others. And then whatever our path or our journey is supposed to be, we're much more likely to find it. So yeah, this is great. This is great. Then, so then do you, at the end of the day, have them write five things they're grateful for, or that just sort of unfolds naturally or how does it? That- it does. I do actually ask them to, to either write down what they're grateful
1: for or uh-huh. the wins, um, uh-huh. for their day. So wins or accomplishments for the day. I like it to be kind of both. So, you know, write the things that you're grateful for as well uh-huh. as like, what have you accomplished? What have you won? Um, what were your wins for the day? You know, and when you say we you might win,
0: what does it, what does that yeah, mean? Like
1: that can be anything from like, I made the bed to I told an Epic story to my kids at bedtime right. to I like I didn't snap at my husband when I was feeling hangry. Uh, so I mean it, like it could be or I accomplished an, an amazing contract at work and I uh-huh. finished a really big project. So yeah. no no qualifiers. There is no Good. big or small because it, it's that's, just all the things you've
0: accomplished. Literally and this is just sort of a, a funny in terms of you know just what you're describing. So mm-hmm. you know we've been home a lot, me and my husband over this yeah. last year and a half. And um I am <laughs> the dishwasher the other day which is not my usual it's usually whatever and i put a knife in the wrong way and he like hit his he grabbed the knife and it let's just say it wasn't pretty and there was a commentary like you could have put the knife away and what i wanted to say is you know you can just empty Mm -hmm. that dishwasher yourself (laughs) young man but not as nicely as that and but in my head i went you know what he's sort of right. I should put the knives away. You know, I just throw them in and I, maybe I do live with another person. So maybe I should be a little more careful. So well, I counted to 10 in my head, just as an example, and just went, you know, you're right next time I'll, uh, and then the next time, whenever that was, I did put, I, now I'm very conscious of which way I put the knives, but that to me, it just popped in my head. Like, I felt really good just on a personal note, like, you know what? I'm happy. And my husband is this really sweet, nice guy. And not that everything's perfect all the time, but why am I yelling at him? I'm, he did cut himself and it sort of was, cause I didn't put the knife away the correct way. But, um, <laughs> anyway, so that to me is kind of what you're talking about. And yes. part of why I wanted to share that is that I didn't think you were meaning like, Oh, I just made, I sold a house. I'm in real estate and I just made a hundred thousand dollars. Cause people can have that happen and still not yeah. feel it's a win. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not just, it's not about, it doesn't feel like, I mean, finances are great. I'm all for Mm -hmm. that. And I love abundance, but it sort of sounds like what you're saying is really day-to-day being Mm -hmm. in touch with what, what did I do that felt like really right and good to me or yes. what didn't I do? Like, I was proud of myself. Like I didn't bite my husband's head off. I was yes. very pleased with myself that I didn't do that. Um, and I'm sure he was pleased too. even though, well, now if he listens to this, he'll know I wanted to, but he probably knew that anyways, but, um, <laughs> but I didn't, and I was really glad about that. So that's more yeah. kind of what you're talking about as well as whatever big things are.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Any, anything that you, yeah, that you feel accomplished by or Mm -hmm. that you just felt good about during Mm -hmm. the day. And I also, I do like gratitude, but Mm -hmm. I generally, there's one thing that I always want people to add when they do their gratitude list, because we get in this cycle where it's really easy to give gratitude for others around us or Mm -hmm. things around us and those kind of things. But I always, always ask clients to include yourself in your gratitude list.
0: Definitely. You yes.
1: have to one, at least one of your things on your gratitude list has to be like directly back to you in something that you are grateful for totally in, in you. And it could. Be, I'm, one of mine the other days was, I'm Kate. I am so grateful that you got the coffee maker ready to go last night so that all I had to do was push that brew button
0: this morning. Like that was a big deal that morning. Hey, I get it. I get it. But I love that. I love that. I mean, one of the things I, I am, I always say, I'm so grateful that I'm in this healthy body, you know, and that I'm doing my best to try to keep it that way. You yes. know, that, that it's a job as we get older, in particular, it's like yes. a full time job here. So it doesn't again I love what you're saying that we have to include ourselves because it is through mm-hmm. that that whatever energy or strength we need to leave whether it be the relate or I'll say change it doesn't necessarily mean leave but shift mm-hmm. the relationship mm-hmm. or the job or whatever it is if you're not going to be connected to yourself and understand who you are how how do you get the inner strength to to do that and use yeah. the techniques that you're describing so I love this so now people if they want they you do individual or
1: I do. Yep. So I do individual, mm-hmm. um, one-on-one. And so that is a great opportunity for folks. Um, I offer a four month and eight month and a 12 month, um, coaching package. So, okay we Wonderful. assess which one is best and needed uh-huh. when, um, when we do a burnout recovery strategy uh-huh. session, which is, uh, 45 minutes and it's complimentary. So at least oh, they goodness. folks get some time with me to uh-huh. figure out, um, okay. whether or not we would have a good working relationship to, to that. Very, so.
0: very generous. Mm-hmm. All right. So would you say this it's since May? So this is in November. Um, so it's been almost well, it is six months. Do you feel inside yourself? Like I'm i I'm here now. I'm. I love what I do. Like, how's your whole sense of purpose and passion mm-hmm. and joy? Do you have your joy? Yes. Do you have your joy back? I have right? my joy
1: back. Yes. Oh, I'm so. <laughs> yeah. Happy. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Every day is. Every day, I'm excited to wake up and, and get to work in the morning, even, even on the days where I know it's going to be busy and a little hectic. I still Mm -hmm. wake up with that, with that excitement, knowing that I am making a huge difference in people's lives and helping, you know, give back to others because really what I want to ensure is that absolutely no one experiences what I did in becoming the worst version of themselves. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh. Beautiful. Wonderful. Okay. Any other last, so it sounds, I was going to say any other closing thoughts, but that's a pretty beautiful closing thought that you really want that's to help. People. Yeah. And not ever mm-hmm. have to be the worst version of mm-hmm. themselves. Cause that is very unpleasant. Yes. Well, Kate, you're amazing. I think what you're doing is amazing. Oh, so nice meeting you. I'm going to, I always finish with a quote, so let me go ahead. And so I just think this is you know, I always laugh. I say this every time that I pick the quote. And then after the conversation, I go, what am I like a psychic? I don't know. So here (laughs) it is. You were put on this earth to achieve your greatest self, to live out your purpose and to do it courageously by Dr. Steve, I can't even read it, Maraboli or something, but yeah, we're put on this earth to achieve Mm -hmm. our greatest self and to live out our purpose. And it's sometimes that takes courage and sometimes we need a little help to push us along. So Dr. Kate Steiner is here to help us. So thank you so much. Really a pleasure meeting you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, take care. Okay, so this is Janice Alpert. Um, Till next time, hopefully you're living your life with purpose and on purpose. Uh, Till our next episode, uh, take good care. Bye-bye.